with Aaron Cowell. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Paul Jones Drug Tuesday out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM. The Sports Animal, thanks for joining us here today. It's warming back up, Jared. Yes, it is. Warming back up into the 80s for the rest of the week, pretty much. I think today doesn't quite get there, and then after that, 80 degrees. I saw a great meme, and it said, Welcome to Oklahoma. I saw this too. I think Lake, Lake put it on. Yeah. Yes, I, yes, I did too. Yeah. Tell everybody. By 10 a.m. it's fall. <laughs> By noon it's springtime. By 4 o'clock, welcome back to summer. Yeah, summertime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that this morning My as poor well. kids don't know how to dress. Katie, my 10-year-old, she loves to dress herself. She comes out, shorts, t-shirt, and I'm like, you might want a hoodie. <laughs> she's like what well, it's gonna be 80 so frustrated like well by the afternoon it's hot like i know yeah. it's frustrating i know well it's not often you get a 60 degree warm-up no during the day <laughs> didn't quite get that much but i mean even when you go from 35 to 75 right <clears throat> but uh yeah so it's gonna be nice and warm that's all right for the rest of the- it doesn't bother me in october i like it which is if, if this was just one more saturday we can, if we can get one more saturday of nice weather and the baseball boosters golf tournament can go off without a hitch. Oh yeah, that'll be that'll be that. Is that? It's next Saturday. No, next Saturday, the twenty eighth. Twenty eighth. Yeah, that's kind of risky. It, here's the deal: it's, it's either going to be cold or it's going to be perfect. It's going to be perfect or cold. <laughs> that's right. It's risky. Yeah, <laughs> it is. But when it's nice, it's really, really, oh, really yeah. nice. Yeah. All right, coming up on the show today: college football. We'll talk about that toward the end of the end of our time. What is the fatal flaw? in your mind, for each of the remaining unbeatens in the Power Five? By my count, there are two, four, six, eight. And if there's more, I don't have a fatal flaw for that team at the moment. I'll have to make it up on the fly. I think that's right, though, because there's 11 total. Then you got Air Force, James Madison, and uh, who else is unbeaten? Liberty. There's 11 total. I've got eight written down, so I think I've got them all. Of the Power Five? Power Five. Yeah, I got eight. Yeah, I think right. that's right. So what's I the wrote, fatal? I wrote down. I, I left one out. North Carolina. Hmm. I got him. I'll look. Oklahoma. No, I got them. Georgia. Got them. Florida State. Got them. Penn State. Yes. Washington. Yep. Hmm. My eyes aren't working. No. Washington. So what you're missing? Have Washington, the okay. Huskies. So we'll talk about that. Big games around the country. Also, what's your top 10 this week? Fire it in there, 225-9698. Rank the top 10 in your mind going into this second, uh, well, third week of October. College football games. NFL, Dallas held on last night somehow. That was a – it's hard to watch. Way too many penalties. Somebody tell Lad Clark that we weren't there to watch him. (laughs) Was that his name? Yes. And why? You know, it was it was pretty cool when Hockey Lee was the only one with the 
muscled up, you know, biceps. Does everybody think they do, – do, do these guys, like, pump iron before they go out on the field so that they can have the biceps bulging out of their referee uniform? Does that play into some of this? Well, just, I mean, I think if you're going to be an official for a sport full of ripped dudes – you kind of want. You don't want to look like me. You don't, or me. Yeah, you don't want to tell a guy, "Hey, that's a penalty," and then, you know, you go, you, you know I what know. I mean. I think it feeds into the ego and throwing too many flags. <laughs> now, I do appreciate the one. That haven't at the flexed end. on the camera yet. <clears throat> yeah, first down. Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> automatic first down. What's the, what's the, where the arms go straight out? What is that? Illegal shift. No, this is illegal shift. Legal shift, yeah. Where they go straight out. That's the one where they... Sportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, they're flexing on that one. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, Dallas wins 4-2. Who was the better quarterback on the field last night? Talk about that. Um, Man, it was one of those weeks where the bad teams kind of beat the good teams. Right? Yeah. Very low scoring as well. I think 9 of 12 hit the under counting last night do you realize that there's something going on historic right now in the league defensively have you heard that do you realize this I haven't heard of that no the browns statistically the browns are the best defense since like 1972 they've barely given up a thousand yards so far this season that's way ahead of everybody they're like 600 yards ahead of everybody who's better than you thought they might be who's worse how many teams right now can you make a realistic case that they can win the Super Bowl? Also, your top five this week. Uh, then Major League Baseball playoffs right off the top. The Rangers steal both games in Houston. Max Scherzer has been whoa, announced. Whoa, whoa. Steal. Steal. Stole them. They won them. They stole them. Well, I mean, you know how that goes. How do you steal them? They stole they stole home home field. That's the way that, that's the terminology used, Jared. For God's sake, you make it sound like there's controversy and they went in. <clears> and no, no, got they, to all the calls and there and then it shouldn't have happened. No, I, they stole both games on the opponent's home field. Now they're going to start Max Scherzer in Game Three. Is this a good idea? Is this the momentum switch that Houston needs because the Rangers are going to put a lame Max Scherzer out there, or is he really ready to go? I'll ask you what scares you about the Astros and how they might be able to turn it around. Phillies win game one at home last night. Man, that was a weird game because early on it felt like the Phillies should be up like 15 to nothing. And next thing you know, the last three innings, Arizona brought the tying run to the plate in every single one of them. What about Bryce Harper? How much has he rehabbed or even the perception of Bryce Harper? How much has that changed as he's been with the Phillies and and really kind of produced in the the, uh, postseason? And then we lost a legend today, Jared. I'll tell you who that is okay. coming up here in just a little bit. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. That's 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things. Whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to chime right in at 225-9698. Going to be outside the listening area. A couple ways to stay in touch with the show. Log on to kadsam.com or download the app. The app's got it all. Radio. Penny News, brand new edition of the Penny News will hit the website tonight at midnight. Check it out at thepennynews.com. Big Elk and Paragon TV be rolling this week with high school football and, of course, the Skinny on Sports podcast. 
If you miss the show entirely, you can find it everywhere where podcasts are. How are you? I'm good. Imagine. I'm good. So tell us what you thought uh, about the game yesterday. Between um, the Rangers and the, and the Houston Incredible Astros. start. Dream start coming out and just – and that's the thing. They've been doing it all season long. They continue in the postseason just being patient, hitting, not swing – you know, just single, 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 and then putting the pressure on, on the defense. Saw that in the first inning with the costly error throwing two over there for two of them, yeah. And um, Rangers able to get four in the first, tack one more on to eventually be the game winner. Yeah, with Corey Himes homer. It, it was – and then there I was holding my breath with the bullpen. But they got the job done. Yeah, and, and I mean, incredibly in, 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 uh, encouraged now. They get to go back to Arlington for three games trying to win two of them. So – it's just that word destiny keeps coming back. It's like this is just their destiny. And I'm just – I'm waiting for it to fall over. You know, I'm waiting – like I almost want them to lose a game. Just like, okay, back to earth time. But everything's just lining up perfectly for them. Great performance uh, by the Rangers and able to hold on that onslaught of, of Astros offense in Houston. Crowd jacked up. I mean, talk about how – about, how about the bases loaded – no outs. No outs. Nivaldi <clears throat> getting out of the jam. I mean, he got himself out of the jam. And that is a, a shot to the arm, and that was awesome. So the pitching has been stellar, and the bats have been on point. I wouldn't say a juggernaut, but when needed, it's been a dream. I'm yeah. excited. That was the thing about that first inning. The, the errors happened, but then Texas got hits to take advantage of it. You know, if you don't follow it up with you know those three hits to knock in runs mm -hmm. then all you do is get a run and you're not really taking you know taking full advantage of the opportunity given them but the boy they did um Ivaldi was awesome uh that like the bases loaded none out to to wiggle off that hook really just kind of kept everything going because it I, I was a little bit like you I'm sure as a Ranger fan just waiting on the Astros to take off and that that seemed like the moment, and then <clears throat> it just wasn't. Um, Alvarez did hit two home runs, so that it gets him kind of going. What do you think about the Scherzer thing? Listen, I've come all the way around on this. I, I'm I'm on both sides of it. I can see the pro and con of bringing him back, but he's been out for since August, mid August. Um, He's gone through the rehab, gone through the bullpen sessions, all that stuff. I'm thinking it like it. Listen, they're they got the best doctors, and you would hope in pro sports. If there was an issue, they wouldn't let him go out there. If he did not feel a hundred percent, this guy is a pro. If he didn't feel a hundred percent, he wouldn't put himself out there. But I can see on the other side of it is these are the playoffs. I'm getting out there no matter what. But here's the deal: you're up 2-0. You're back at home. Crowd's going to be going crazy. It's only this. I mean, what's crazy about this playoff run? It's only the second home yeah. playoff game for the Rangers, so the crowd is they're they're hungry for another one, and they're going to be swinging the towels and going nuts. It's going to be packed and wild and loud. So why not? You don't want to play the what if game, man. What if, man? We don't want to, if we don't pitch him because we're being cautious here. Then they go and lose. Like man, you know, well, what if he is a hundred percent and we didn't throw him at the right? You know, what if you throw him in game four and he 
shuts them down and whatever. But I'm okay with it because I think, for everything I said, and most importantly, it's at home and they're up 2-0. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, Bruce Bochy, <clears throat> when he announced it, said that uh, he's he's ready. He threw 69 pitches to hitters, came out just fine um, And a, f- a few days ago. <clears throat> and so that's why he's starting game game three. He maintained his, his stamina and his stuff. I would have been concerned if they brought him back. Down 0-2, like as a Hail Mary type thing? Not even that, but too early, like back uh, against Baltimore. Where you're starting to hear that he could be inserted into that rotation, and then when I heard that they chose to leave him off, um, but you so I I actually took that as a plus because you heard all the positive stuff, the positive rehab stuff, the bullpen sessions and everything, and then when they went in before the the series against Baltimore and they said he was he's not going to be on the roster, he's not going to be in the rotation, I actually took I was like okay good. Good. They're not going to pitch him. If the Rangers can can get out of this series and get to the ALCS, you could probably have a 100% rehabbed Scherzer uh, uh, for against whoever they play, in this case the Astros. So I took that as a positive that they didn't pitch him. They didn't bring him back too soon. So I think they're bringing him back. If it, They would not bring him back if they didn't think he could be effective. Yeah. And this is the ALCS for crying out loud. We're yeah. not talking about middle of July. It was September twelfth, the last time he pitched. September, okay. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking it was, it was further. I was I really thinking it was, it was further back too. I thought it was back in August. Yeah, maybe um, I'm thinking of Gray. I don't know. Astros go with Christian Javier. So, I just thought that was interesting. It's something that we thought was a, a possibility, and now, you know, they've already announced it. So here we go. Tomorrow it'll be Max Scherzer. I just, I, I just wonder if that's. I mean, like you said, it, it's the ALCS, and if he's healthy, he needs to go because that's what you got him for, right? This is why you traded for him. At the same time, is that kind of waving a, a raw steak in front of a pit bull's face to get Houston jacked up? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. to, to jumpstart them. Um, what scares you about the Astros and their ability to, to turn this around? Um, what happened yesterday? What their their bats can get going. Um. Altuve, I think, has been kind of off. I can see him get because he's always kind of been that playoff hero for the Astros. But it's just their tenacity, this their their ability, being down for nothing, and you can kind of sense in that crowd that wow, this is nothing. I mean, we can come alive at any moment, and they tried. I mean, they they gave a puncher's chance and they battled to the very last at bat. So it's just that. It's just that I don't think you can keep a good team down like Houston uh, for for very long. Um, so that is uh, that's what scares me and just as a whole is that their team is just is just too good to not you know go down without a fight. Now Tuve one six hitting one sixty in the playoffs. Bregman two seventeen and Tucker. Kyle Tucker's the one that's really been struggling. Oh ninety oh ninety one or talking about was even though the the Astros got to this point, they've going into it, all the pre or all the uh, uh, previews and stuff of the ALCS. There's something's off. Just something's a little off about Houston, and that's why they were, everyone's kind of leaning towards Texas. Not everybody, but some of the like like a Rod. He picked Texas in seven, and he he said it too. Said man, something's off. Actually, yesterday he nailed the score. 
because right before the pregame, mm-hmm. he he nailed it. Texas went in five to four, but um, but that's why. I mean, you can just see the at bat just something a little off. But again, I think that that won't last. It just feels like they they can come alive and they can get on a roll. And I guess what's why I'm saying this is just the the last regular season series still sticks in the back of my mind. How they just dominated Texas in that one. So that that's that's why. But but uh, I mean they're a good team, but. I mean, just this might be just that turning. I mean, could this be the passing of the of the? I'm not saying Texas is going to have a run like Houston's had, but you know, it's always been in the state of Texas. It's been Houston for the better part of a decade, and Texas has been fighting to stay out of the cellar of the AL West. Well, now that's kind of making a turn. I mean, it kind of, it kind of feels like that kind of evening. Like this is a series everyone might go back and look like. That's when Texas kind of said, "No, nah, no, nah, we're we're the baseball team in this state." Yeah, it's weird that we we talked about. I don't know if you brought it on air. Me and you talked about it off the air, where like starting 14 years ago in those seven years, the Rangers dominated the Astros, and then these last seven years, the the Astros have dominated the Rangers. And when you look at the 14 year span, they were dead even. <laughs> it's it was, crazy. It, it was wild how that uh, how those uh, those numbers set up. But it it makes sense though if you go back and think about. You know, the the in those first seven years is when Texas was going to back to back World Series, um, and Houston was building what they now have out on the field, and and that coincides with Houston coming up, with Texas going down, and yeah, yeah, maybe this is. I, I would rather. It doesn't feel like the, the the Astros are are now going down, but maybe this is the one period where we get to see them battle because we really haven't seen that. You know, it's it's always been you know crossing each other. In the, in the elevator, one going up, one going down. They never stopped on the same floor for very long, right? Or at, at any time, really. And so, hopefully, that's what this is. And and they can, you know, we see a couple, two or three years of classic series between teams in the same state. That, that's what kind of what I'm hoping. Well, for. that's what I said about you know, if we're not going to get, I said this before the ALCS, if we're not going to get Boston and and New York, the Red Sox and Yankees. In ALCS, this is pretty dang good when it's a rivalry, and I yeah. certainly hope it lasts more than just one season. I hope we get more series like this that mean something, either late in the year or in the playoffs. Absolutely. Uh, the other the other series, the NLCS, started yesterday. By the way, Texas seven and zero to start the playoffs. That's the second longest streak of all time. You know what the longest uh, one was? No, it's recent. 2014 Kansas City Royals oh. won their first eight. So that's the record. One they more. would go on to win, wouldn't they? Yes, they yeah. won then. Yeah. Right? I would ask loud guy over there. The Giants only won. Did the Giants, was that the year they beat the Giants? Or the, the Giants beat them? I was thinking the Giants only won. No, the Giants won in even years, right? Or the Giants won. The that. Giants won it. Yeah, they went yeah. 10, 12, and fourteen. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Four games to three. Yes, so that's, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the yeah the Giants were on the even train, not the odd train. Yeah, and, and then um, so that that's out there also. The closer, the clerk. He saved all seven of them, and that is a new Major League Baseball record for a streak to begin a postseason of of saves with seven. So. It's pretty interesting. Phillies win game one at home. It was a, it was a weird game. It looked like the Phillies were going to blow the Diamondbacks off the map. And then somehow, some way, there was little old Arizona scratching and clawing and 
having a chance to tie it in each of the had that tying run to the plate in each of the last three innings. We're never able to get the big hit. They hit a couple balls hard right at guys in that in that stretch. Uh, but Philly wins five to three. That's now ten straight home playoff wins for Philly, which passes the 0-4-0-5 Cardinals for the most all time in their own league. What about Bryce Harper? How much has he maybe his perception changed or his per- perception grown from, I don't know, not, not the snotty-nosed kid, but the really cocky young guy to now, I, I just, it's a sense that listening to the players on the broadcast, the former players on the broadcast, it feels like they have a whole new respect for Bryce Harper than, than they would have, say, five Ten years ago, yeah, he he's turned, in my opinion, a corner from what you kind of you know he kind of he came into the league young, maybe a little cocky, kind of arrogant. Now he's kind of turned that corner where he he still has that swagger about him, but he's backing it up with his play, right? Um, and he's kind of kind of and now I can see where he's yeah he's backing up with his play and he still has that little swagger, but it's kind of like talk soft, carry a big stick. You know, his post-game interview, it just – it wasn't brash. It was, you know, we're here to work, da-da-da-da-da, you know. But – so he's backing up his his talk, that, that attitude or whatever you want to call it, with his play, uh, especially at the plate, especially in this postseason. Yeah, and I think they, they told a story about how the end of the season kind of transpired with him having the Tommy John coming back from it and – agreeing to try to play a place that he hadn't really played at first base, which also allowed Schwarber to get into the lineup as the everyday DH instead of Bryce just being the DH. And, you know, I I think a younger Bryce Harper may not do that. I think a younger Bryce Harper may say, I'm the DH. I don't have to play first base. I'm not a first baseman. Mm -hmm. You know, kiss my butt. But a, a a more mature version of him took on the challenge, and I don't know that he's been much of a liability at that spot and also getting Schwarber's bat in the lineup I just I think that that story they told on the broadcast last night about how that all transpired really kind of gave you an insight into the changes that have that have helped Bryce Harper yeah and and there's no doubt now I mean he's feared clutch hitter he's been clutch in the playoffs for the Phillies not even just this year and all of a sudden, he's become. <clears throat> it's interesting that when he when he quit trying to be the guy everybody thought he might be, is when he's kind of become the guy that ever the promise that he had athletically coming in at such a young age. It's uh, life comes at you fast, but he's uh, he's really handled it. And like on the text line, TJ, the life, you know, he realized he wasn't Superman with Tommy John. I think that's probably he probably did humble him a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and uh, maybe you know, in a blessing in disguise, uh, from being able to, you know, turn it, turn his, uh, turn his career back around and, and being one of the best players in baseball. When we come back, we lost a legend today, Jared, an absolute legend. Moved we on. We did also NFL football. We can talk about what happened this week on the gridiron. Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. We'll tell you about riding the game more as well. The Skinny on Sports right here on the Sports Animal.
Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back, Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. It's a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Thank you to Rodney and the gang at Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main. Paul Jones Drug is care you can trust. They are the oldest compounding pharmacy right here in Elk City. They've got free local delivery, drive-through pickup, get your uh, testing and curbside vaccinations, and, of course, the long-term care unit packaging. They call those blister packs. Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main. Give them a call, 225-2121. All right, Jared, I mentioned that we uh, we lost an absolute legend in the world of sports today. A lot of people may not actually know who this guy is, know his name, but I think when you hear his voice, you'll, you'll know exactly who I am talking about. Uh-oh. What's up on the team? Arnold Palmer. On the team, Nick Faldo. Ben Crenshaw. Phil Mickelson. Tiger Woods. All right, so that is Ivor Robson and his voice synonymous with the British Open for years and years and years. If you go read the stories about it, he would, he would get to the first tee on Thursday and Friday and have to be there for like 12 hours with no breaks whatsoever. Which, which meant I bet he was pretty thirsty when he got done with that job. I mean, do you, do you, think, yeah, he just, you, do you think he just did like ice chips? Like they give you in the hospital when you come out of surgery and you can't drink yet, just to not make his voice know. get completely dry. I don't know. You think? Um, aren't there things like attachments you can put on? Yeah, and there just, are. Just go. I don't think he did it though. Think- that's not. That's not what a, a Scottish gentleman would do. Well, nobody has to know about it. That's yeah, that's insane to sit there that long and not have to leave. Yeah, but he is one of those voice, and I didn't know who he was, admittedly, until you told me over the break. But when you hear it, yeah, okay, I know that. that I know that voice. There's a lot of voices like that in sports, and you go, okay, especially what we do in radio and in broadcast. Yeah, we probably pay more attention to it than anybody, right? But people. people would, you know. Lot, the novice fan has no idea who Jim Nance is, you know. They, just, you know what I mean. But when you hear his voice, go, "Oh, that guy." So he was one of the. He was, oh, that guy. He was one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so just uh, let's see, natural ni- causes. Yeah, I don't know. Nineteen forty yeah. to nine to two thousand twenty-three. Oh wow, that's a long time. So that's what 83, 83 years old. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, he I wasn't doing that. that. No, no. That's how old he that. was. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He wasn't doing the open but, in nineteen forty. I think he was like 2015, 2017 was his last one. Okay. He, he's, he hasn't been there for a few yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. It was always when you knew. From USA. Yeah. Tiger Woods. Yeah. Yeah. All right. NFL football last night. The Dallas Cowboys, an ugly, ugly game, but it is a pretty win. 
as they defeat the Chargers in SoFi Stadium, 20-17. to 17. Man, when they kept uh, uh, the opening of that game, when they're showing the the pick the, the uh, just SoFi mm-hmm. from outside, that looks like the coolest place it on does. earth, man. I can't decide. Is it open air? Is it? Yeah, it's open is air. Is it a closed stadium? Well, it has the roof, but it has the open but air it's on open either air. side. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's definitely California. That's for sure. It's definitely L.A. Yeah, it looks like a cool venue. It does look to. like a cool venue. Um, who was a better quarterback on the field last night, Jared? I have no idea. <laughs> Obviously, Herbert threw the the costly interception at the end there, uh, but Prescott he was sacked like five times. Um, well, one of them, uh, okay, one of them was twenty one for thirty for two hundred and seventy two yards, a touchdown, and no interceptions. The other one was twenty two of thirty seven for two hundred and twenty seven yards, two touchdowns, and one pick. Yeah. Now the QBR says it's pretty close. The rating doesn't say it was even a matchup. But, but one took care of the football when needed. Weird. Do you think Justin Herbert's going to be lambasted today for losing that game? No, he doesn't have a star on his helmet, Aaron. What about if Justin Herbert would have led the team down the field for a game-tying field goal and won in overtime, or even a touchdown to win the game? What do you think? What what one play do you think would be being talked about right now? For. Herbert? Just in the entire game. I'll tell you what it would have been. What would it have been? It would have been the third down wheel route that Dak missed Pow- Pollard oh, at the oh, end oh, right. before they had to kick the field goal. Yeah. And it would have been, oh, see, told you so. Now, he took care of the ball this time, but he still can't make the biggest play of the game. Oh, that, There's still going to be some of that because they'll say without that Dallas defense, without Micah Parsons and that big sack there on that final drive that led to the interception on the next play, Dallas will probably lose that game. And yeah, there's still going to be that. I mean, that's... no, no credit for persevering through an offensive line that gave up five sacks. I actually thought Dak moved. I was griping about the lack of running that he's done since he broke his leg. And then I'll be darned on that fourth and one if they if he doesn't run the zone read to absolute perfection. And guess what? The Chargers had zero faith that he would actually take off running because there was nobody there nobody there nobody it was the easiest 18 yard touchdown run a quarterback has ever had and you know he he used he used his legs to get out the the one play to pollard that ended up for 60 yards to set up another touchdown you know eluding the pressure he i thought he looked a little bit more nimble on his feet and maybe it was just because of the bye week you know Mm -hmm. and and having that rest but here's the deal we all know what he is, right? And, and this game, it, it's almost like at the end of Bob Stoops' OU career. The big games that were won didn't really count as big games later on because it was a win. It was only a big game if OU lost because with Bob Stoops at the head coach toward the end. And this one will be one of those. This won't count as, as Dak – Outdueling a good team, LA's only three and two, or two and three, excuse me. Even though it was Justin Herbert, one of the the golden childs, it's the quarterback position in the yeah. NFL. And I've been high on him I, ever since I, he was drafted. See, I wasn't, and I was wrong. My, coming out of Oregon, I, I was completely wrong about him. Now, part of it was because I I like Tua better. That's getting closer. That's oh yeah. I, I think most would still probably take Herbert over Tua. I think Mike McDaniel's a big part of what Tua's doing. 
coaching staff wise and, and the brilliant play calling to put well, him, the, but he's using his strengths he's, he's giving him a chance right. to be Tua and not making him into something he's not right and he has a plethora of skill players around him too i'm not i'm not taking anything away from Tua right i i, I think Tua should be in that mvp conversation at this point of the year but i mean when you got hill and and uh, the running back help me with his name mostert or a chain yeah, I mean, the, hurt. there's a ton of, uh, uh, there's a lot Jaylen of Waddle. options around him. Yeah. That's a well-built team is with Tyree, a good quarterback. Is Tyreek Hill the best receiver in football? Ooh, there's a lot of a lot of people to put in that category. Right now, I mean, he's playing, I mean, he is on pace for, <clears throat> I mean, he what he, oh, I saw the stat or this quote yesterday from preseason. He said, I want to get 2,000 yards this year. Well, he's going to blow that out of the water at this pace. I don't know what what the projection would be if he keeps this going, but it's well past 2,000 yards, which I would guess lead all wide receivers. I mean, there's a lot That's of people right that could throw He's their... projected to catch. Oh, my gosh. What, what's the projection? 119 catches for 2,306 yards. Yeah. Is what the, it's projected so far. That's ridiculous. He may not be the best. If you want he's to look the at, most impactful. He's the most dangerous. Yeah. And, and impactful may be a really good word because – You because, have to account for where well, he's Well, yeah, and you're so scared to death he's just going to run by you that that helps out the entirety of that offense. I just, you know, Cowboys got it. They had, you know, when you look at their schedule coming up, that was a huge win last night because this schedule is for real. The Rams are better than anybody thought. That is at home, and they beat the Rams a year ago. But that's that's a tough one. Then you go to Philly. You know those division games that blew out the Giants on the, in the first game on the road. You never know. But that you know Giants at Panthers, Commanders. Uh, I would almost guarantee you the Panthers and or I'm sorry, the uh, Commanders and the Cowboys will split because it always seems like Washington beats Dallas one of those two games, and you're just going, what happened? Then you got Seahawks, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions. I mean, that's a serious schedule. And without a win last night, all of a sudden the pressure really becomes front and center on just making the playoffs. Now you get this win. Philly looks vulnerable in a lot of ways. We don't know how long Lane Johnson's going to be out with that ankle. But if it's extended time, Philly struggles without that guy. It's, it's amazing when you look at with him and without him the difference and, and I think Philly's still adjusting without the, the offense coordinator uh, Shane Steichen they just don't you know what I mean it, mm-hmm. we, we talked about it with uh with the with the Astros earlier there seems to be something just a little off with that Philly offense that was so dynamic a year ago and it just hasn't quite gotten on track this year Jalen's throwing way more interceptions not running it quite as well there's just something a little bit different about about Philly's offense so Big win for Dallas last night. There's no doubt about it. And now they're, you know, puts them right back in the, you know, you go three and three and you've already got, you know, two games down to Philly in the division. It seems like almost insurmountable, even though Philly is struggling a little bit. Now, eh, still in that division race for sure. Who's better than you thought they'd be in the NFL? Well, I know we had our, our, our thoughts of, of, who could be good, who, who, you know, 
Um, now, when I say these teams, it's not because I thought they were going to be bad. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I thought they'd be like, well, I thought they'd be okay, but not this good. And and that's one of the, those. And you're high on this team was Miami for me. I was like, mm-hmm. I got to see it. You know, that's a tough division they play in. I got to see it, and we're seeing it. So they're better than I thought that they would be. Thought they'd be good, but not this good. I throw Detroit in there. I was the same. You know, we heard all this stuff like, yeah, they were finished a year on a roll. But how many times have we seen that one season going into the next? Yeah, they finished hot, but then they just come out and they look like Detroit again or whoever. Detroit, way better than I thought they'd be. And the Bucks. I know Detroit just beat the Bucks, mm-hmm. but I mean, did anyone give Baker a shot behind that offensive line and whatever the Bucks were trying to do over there? And there they are, just um, playing good football. But Baker, when he plays good football, they win. And I just think. Sunday they played Detroit. Detroit is just a better team yeah. than Tampa Bay. He missed some throws. He had the one batted down in the first possession. He batted down at the line that was a 90-yard touchdown to Evans. He was the only dude. He saw him, threw it, and it got knocked down. I mean, it's yeah. that, and who knows how that game changes right, right. with that play. Uh, but you're right. I mean, he was terrible, and he even said it. I mean, he said he sucked, and they sucked, and we got to do better. But Detroit, Detroit's good. Detroit, I've got Detroit as well. I, I just didn't trust them. I mean, how could you trust Detroit? But they're good, uh, and you, it'll reflect in my top five this week. Detroit is a good team, a very good team. Uh, others that I, I I'm not going to put Miami on mine because I did think Miami was fantastic. Right. Now, to this level, I don't know because they uh, became the only the second team in the history of the NFL. And by the way, the the, the team that they joined, it wasn't even this merged NFL the last time this happened. It was the 1958 Colts who were still winning NFL championships, not Super Bowls, right? But the, the Dolphins, through six games, only them and the 58 Colts have 15 touchdown passes and 15 rushing touchdowns in the first six games. That's how dynamic that offense has been. By the way, the 1958 Colts, the other team to do it, won the title. Food for thought there. Uh, I've got Detroit. Cleveland is better. It's that defense. I mentioned the, the, the statistics with that Cleveland defense are off the charts. The best one since like 1972. They've given up just barely 1,000 yards so far this season. Um, for reference, Dallas was closest going into last night. So the, the, the Browns had already played the game that Dallas was about to play. Yeah, they only played five games. I take that back. They've had their bye, so they were on the same. They 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 would both through five games. Cleveland had given up like a thousand and two yards, and the Cowboys had given up fourteen hundred and ninety yards going into last night. They were next in the league. So, game five versus game five, almost five hundred yards difference in defense for um for for the Browns, and then the the other team. And listen, it, I would challenge anybody in, in America that they believed the Houston Texans would be 3-3. Three and three. No way. Rookie court, I don't care how good, and I was a big-time C.J. Stroud guy. Big time. Even right. in my wildest imagination, I couldn't have said, oh, yeah, Houston will be 3-3. Three and three. No way. Yeah. Now, on the flip yeah. side of that, a couple of teams that aren't as good as I thought, I, I, why the hell did I trust the Bears? I was looking for somebody outside of Detroit, maybe. Bears are terrible, absolutely terrible. And then a team that I know both of us liked, 
that hasn't been as good as we thought is New Orleans. Yeah. Mainly because I like them because of how bad the, the division NFC was. South sure, is sure. or was supposed to be or whatever. So any team really is kind of a crapshoot. Any team could have gotten hot, and in this case it's Tampa Bay to lead the South. But I thought out of all those four bad teams, I thought New Orleans would be the team better than the others. Um, my bad teams, I know we thought that there could be a drop-off, but maybe not this bad. That's the Vikings. I know that was on the text line. I didn't think that – you know what I mean? I didn't have them in the playoffs because they, they were – They keep It had those, to come. Right. It, it had to come back to earth with the close games. But, I mean, they were almost 1-5. in five. <laughs> You know, they but they got a win last week, but still. they. And then the Bears. Yeah, I put the Bears right there too. I I didn't I didn't think they were great, but I didn't think they were this bad. I mean, this is like Denver bad, right? We expected Denver to be bad. but Yeah, did we? I kind of did. I mean, to this a, level, a little bit. To this level of suck, a little bit. How about this Vikings? But I did not expect Chicago to be this bad. No, I didn't either. Not this bad. I didn't either. The uh, teams like it's like the teams we knew would be bad are, are showing us. It, 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 so that's I mean that's how we answer this question. Like who did we not expect to be bad? And I'm with you on Chicago. I thought they'd be. I thought Fields was playing great at the end of last year. There's mm-hmm. that prop. There's that. There's that rule. I just broke again. You know you can't. You know, Detroit's showing it. What? How well, sometimes they, it works and sometimes it sometimes doesn't. It does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In this case, it is not working. Fields was not. I mean, he's really good. Personally, really good. And at times this year, what's crazy? He's been good. When they've used his, when they've let him use his legs, he's been good. But here's why they don't. He got hurt. Yeah. He, you know, Anthony Richardson. He for the Colts. You know, fine example. You know, that's about all he can do right now. And they ran him and ran him, and now he's done for the year. Looks like. How about the Vikings though? 11 and 0 last year in one score games. They played six games this year. Every single one of them has been a close game. Has been a one score game. But this year only two and four. I mean that had that worm had to turn a little bit mm-hmm. uh, for for Minnesota, and that's kind of where. Uh, it's funny that that name came up on the on the text line with Trevor Lawrence. I, I don't know if if the Jags are as good as I thought they'd be, even though they're four and two, even though they're leading the division. Now they played pretty well this last week against Indy against Gardner, Gardner Minshew. But, yeah, Trevor Lawrence just kind of – but you know what? We saw this last year, slow start, and then next thing you know, bam, he was uh, fantastic over the last 10 or 12 weeks. Uh, let's see if he – because I, I believe if he'll, if he'll kind of start playing to the level he was at the end of last year, the Jags are going to blow this division away and, and kind of coast like we thought they would. So he's kind of one of those guys that needs to. I mean, he's good, not great right now. Yeah, but but, but you're that's expecting not him. Bad. I mean, there's other. Yeah, but you're expecting Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. with what we saw at the end of last year to now take that next step and be there with the Herberts, right? The, you know, just below Mahomes and you know with with Burrow, you know, in that in that level, and he just hasn't. The yet. problem with Jacksonville is they went and got in the playoffs and won a playoff game last year, and now everyone expects more. Like well, the expectations it, are through the roof right now for, especially in Jacksonville for, with their fans. So, again, looking at his stats right here, they're not at that tier one level, but they're not bad. They're still leading their division. They're still what four and two. Yeah, it's just it, it just hasn't seemed to take off the way that a lot thought. You know, slow and steady wins the race. Fourteen hundred yards, so, yeah. seven touchdowns, three picks. Uh, yeah, it's it's average or above average, but it's not you know excellent like what what we figure he's going to be. Right. What's your top five in the NFL? 
Um, I'll go five to one. Well, I'll say I'll start with my just missed. I mentioned Jacksonville. They just missed my top five because they had a nice win last weekend. And then um, and Buffalo, too. Just missed it. I'll put Detroit at five, Miami four, Philly three, San Francisco two, Kansas City number one. Oh, wow. Yeah, kind of all over the place. but It's hard to do. I, it is hard because two out of my top three just lost. Yeah. But I, that, I mean, I'm not – crump up the paper and throwing them away i think they're still a good team there's a lot of went into that game with san francisco and injuries mainly towards the end there but i'll give cleveland a lot of credit their defense held them at bay until those injuries happened and gave them a chance to win and it and remember they missed a field goal at the end there yeah should have went in but. i had dallas buffalo baltimore and the rams kind of just outside i've got kansas city five miami four Miami has a chance to jump way up in my mind if they can beat Philly. They've had one chance against one of the better teams, and Buffalo just killed them and slowed that offense way down. I've got Philly three. I've got Detroit two. I bumped them up. Five and one. Their only loss was a last-second comeback by Seattle, who I think is a pretty good team too. So I'll give them that. And then San Francisco, I kept it number one. Although injuries are really troublesome there. All of a sudden, without Debo and Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy looked a little bit more like Mr. Irrelevant, even though in his defense, when the game was on the line, he got his team in position to kick a 40-yard field goal to win the game. But his fault the kicker missed. So it wasn't his best game by any stretch, but he still did good enough to have his team a chance to win. We'll be back. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust hey is this heaven no it's the skinny on sports welcome back skinny on sports 98.1 fm the sports animal wrapping up a another edition of the paul jones drug tuesday convenience packaging down at paul jones drug what is that you might ask well that's where they individually package your daily meds so what does that mean for you that means you don't have to Figure out a way to find all 10 of your prescription pill bottles, put them on the counter, and and fire them into your pill caddy in the right day, the right dose for the right week of the month. No, 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 no. Paul Jones Drug does that for you. All you got to do is open it up, take the meds, and boom, you're off for the day. Uh, they got the durable medical equipment, which is your walkers, canes, crutches, wraps, etc. They do accept most insurances and also gifts and greeting cards, some really cool gifts and greeting cards down there at paul jones drug 809 north main right here in elk city thank you to rodney skinner and the gang at paul jones drug care you could trust right here in the elk city area all right jared we're gonna have to push the fatal flaws till tomorrow we're not we just simply don't have enough time to give that as just i need to do some more homework because it's hard to find flaws on teams that are undefeated i mean some are easy some are kind of like well I'm thinking. Yeah, it almost feels nitpicky at times with with a couple of these teams. Like for for example, Washington, I can't find a flaw other than I keep thinking, well, if Oregon doesn't go for it on fourth down, do do they win that game? Do they? You know what I mean? 
Yeah, Washington defense isn't the greatest. They can't really run the ball either. Yeah. Penn State, I haven't watched enough. I'm going to go back and watch some yeah. highlights on them. I haven't Because they're not really – They were hardest one. See, this is so – OU is special teams. See, that's well, I, I that's kind just of, the Texas game. Because what we're, we were all going into the Texas game saying what? Running. Yeah. OU, and, and, OU needs to run the and ball And Oklahoma has a huge advantage on special teams. Yeah. They had blocked punts. They had ran a punt back. Now, in that game, it was clearly – the kicking, uh, I think, Achilles if you really want to kind of narrow it down, yeah. maybe the kicking a little bit. The punting. The still, punting is terrible. Still kicking, yeah. yeah. But I know what you mean. Right. The two people that actually kick the ball, no matter how yeah, they kick it. Yeah, because it's hard to say special teams when you have how many block punts this two year? Two block punts, a, a return, punt return, punt. touchdown. Yeah, so yeah. you can't fault the entire, but maybe you just narrow it down to kicking. Kicking needs to be better. Well, in coverage, I mean, they haven't given up hardly anything. Coverage on any great. coverage yeah, teams, really good. special team wise, but yeah, the block punt was not good. Um, so we'll do that tomorrow, and everybody's got their. That's what I like about it because everybody can kind of pick stuff out of these teams and, and maybe find something that works, right? So we'll do right. that. Games around the country this week. I, I think all eyes will be on the horseshoe at eleven a.m. with Oklahoma State or Oklahoma State, Ohio State, and Penn State. And you're right. This is. I don't know how much the country has seen Ohio State. You know, obviously the Notre Dame game was a big one, right? That a lot of people saw them. I mean, it was a little shaky. Penn State-wise, gosh, you have to go back to the very first weekend with uh, West Virginia at night in Happy Valley, which was kind of a struggle for the Nittany Lions throughout the majority of that game until they pulled away in the fourth quarter. Yeah, this is. Uh, I think this is a fascinating matchup coming up on Saturday in the Big Ten. Neither yeah. neither quarterback has really proven anything yet. You know, Kyle McCord had the one really good throw that set Notre Dame uh, that set Ohio State up to beat Notre Dame at the end. On like third and seventeen or whatever that was. I know it's only Tuesday and we're gonna break down a lot of these, but Ohio State needs to quit being a second half team. They were against Maryland. They were against Notre Dame. They they can't afford to do that. Yeah, this this offense might be a little better than some of those others they've faced. Yeah. But then again, you got questions about Drew Aller and what what can he do on this stage? Tennessee Bama. Kind of like the under the radar game of the week. Yeah. No one's talking about this game. I don't know if Tennessee can get a yard. Joe Milton was brutal in that win against Texas A&M. Brutal. Hmm. I'm not liking the Jalen Hyatt and uh, Hendon Hooker aren't walking through that door for Josh Heupel. Now, you know, Milrow. Has he settled in? He looked that that game against Arkansas was so weird. I, I tuned in at like ten to six or fourteen, ten to six, I think it was. And then Alabama just ran the ball right down Arkansas's throat two times in a row. Boom, boom! It's twenty-four to six, or maybe it was seven to six, and they scored two touchdowns and a field goal. I can't remember exactly, but anyway, it was twenty-four to six, and they were just running it down their throat. And then all of a sudden, Bama starts to get cute and let Milrow cook. 
and they go three and out two straight times. Arkansas scores twice. Then it's 24-21. Arkansas needs a stop with like four minutes, and Milrow throws, in my opinion, a horrific pass. Falling back, lobs it up the middle. The Arkansas linebacker, if he just times his jump right, he at least knocks it down, if not intercepts it instead. It ends up being a completion for a first down, and then Alabama gets one more first down and runs out the clock. It just eh, it worked. I'll say that. So I don't. I mean, I think they. I think they've given him the reins to settle in. I just don't know how good he is, and I don't know how good the guys around him are. They're not a bunch of Devontae Smiths and Jamison Williams and uh, Jalen Waddles running around out there at the receiver position right now for Alabama. They're, think, they're a little yeah, down. I think what's happening here is Saban is des- not, I said desperate. It's not the word I want to use, but he is trying to get his quarterback acclimated to play at that high level. So he's like, okay, I, I need this guy to whip it around the yard a little bit and become this quarterback that we recruited, that, that high-level quarterback that we've always had here. So you mentioned the run, run, run. Okay, now we're, we're comfortably ahead. Let's throw it around here. Let's get him. Let's get him comfortable. Yeah, and it it's didn't kind of work. this process mm-hmm. that Saban has with his quarterback. But you know, last week against A and I mean, he threw some big time passes to win that. You know, he was he was clutch. Or two weeks ago, I guess it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, question on the text line: Do you feel like Ohio State, Georgia, don't get the best quarterback in the country? It's it's really weird. I mean, you see this everywhere. But, but they get the best everything else. Yeah, but I mean, they've recorded or they they've recruited. I, I don't put out. First off, I don't put Ohio State in this category. They just CJ Stroud's the best rookie quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. I, you know, they've had him, they've had Fields, they, they they've, they've Georgia, had some dudes. Yeah. Georgia hasn't had what Ohio State has had at quarterback. Ohio State's had some really good quarterbacks. Now, have they not been as good in the pros as maybe we thought? Sure. But they were dynamic high or uh, college quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Now, Georgia on the other hand, they haven't. I mean, you think about Aaron Murray, then to Stetson Bennett, and now, you know, Beck, maybe Beck is better than anybody gives him credit for so far. You know, that guy has been pretty terrific, but it also kind of does get lost in the shuffle because of everything that's around him, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, so I I get, I think that's more of a Georgia thing than Ohio State thing, because I think Ohio State has had some really good quarterbacks, and Georgia's just kind of had guys. And yeah, they certainly they use their the, the rest of the athletes around them to to dominate, hundred percent. And maybe that's what you know. Kirby's a little bit back in the the old timey Saban thought process of just don't screw it up. And yeah. let's give Stetson Bennett the credit that he deserves when they needed him to make plays last year, especially in that Ohio State game. He made them. Yep. By the way, Carson Beck has completed 74% of his passes this year for 2,147 yards, 12 touchdowns, 4 picks. That's pretty good. But back to the recruiting, you see Brock Vandegrift. That's a guy that was committed right here at OU right. until Williams. You know, He changed until- to Georgia, and then Williams came here. You know, they've, they've recruited him. They just haven't shown up yet on the field, which Vandegrift, gosh dang, he's getting up there. His third year, really hadn't seen much. He's only thrown 17 passes this year. So I think part of it is part of it's the recruiting. He hadn't hit it. You know, they haven't hit on a guy like that. And part of it is they're just not going to screw him. Once they get him on campus, they're going to pick the one that doesn't screw it up. Because most of the time, 
if the quarterback doesn't screw the defense up completely, Georgia's going to win. Mm-hmm. What's your top ten in the uh, college football this week? I'll go top to bottom. I went Georgia. I put Washington at number two. Michigan three. Florida State four. Penn State five. I've been high on these guys. Ohio State six. OU seven. Oregon eight. Texas nine. North Carolina ten. I had Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Oklahoma. And here, here's why I rank these next three in the order. I think Oklahoma looked better in Ohio than Ohio State did in a win over Texas versus Ohio State's win at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I think winning at Notre Dame is probably a little bit, I don't know. Texas is a better team than Notre Dame. Let's put OU then. But Ohio State's win, I ranked it above Washington's win because Washington won at home, Ohio State won on the road against, you know, probably Oregon's a better team, but that's how I did it for those four, five, six, OU, Ohio State, Washington, Penn State. I've got Oregon ahead of Texas. They put up a heck of a fight on the road. Texas put up a heck of a fight in neutral field. And then North Carolina 10 as well. Who's just outside? Uh, just outside for me, Bama, Oregon State. I was kind of spitballing a couple of teams off the top of my head of who could be. You know, it'd be hard to keep Bama out of there if they beat Tennessee, even though I don't know how Tennessee, how good Tennessee is. Utah, maybe. If Utah beats USC, can they get some love? Did you hear that name? I said Oregon State. Remember, remember when we were doing our investing game with Scott? Oh, yeah, yeah. How much fun of me y'all made when I mentioned the Oregon State Beavers and went in the Pac-12? Do you remember that? A little bit. Remember what those it's, odds it's were? so long ago. Remember what those a lot odds has were? happened between now There's and There were big-time odds. And by the way, next three games for uh, my Beavers, Arizona, which that could be a tough one now. They got the week off. And then the week after that, go to Arizona, go to Colorado, Stanford at home. So take care of business. And the Beavers have one loss. Then they finish up hosting Washington and going to Oregon. Everything can kind of hit the fan at that point, but – DJU looks pretty good. Looks better than he ever did at Clemson outside of the one game where Lawrence got COVID at Notre Dame that year yeah. when they got beaten yeah. like double overtime. You don't have any trust for the Beavers. After what I've seen with Washington and Oregon. They look pretty good. And what I think we'll see from Utah. Go Beavers. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way.